me and the Lord, we got an understanding. What's an understanding? We're on a mission from God. Yeah, man, on a mission from God. It's uh, Dave. No Aaron, no Patrick, just Dave. on a mission from God. It doesn't happen often, ladies and gentlemen, but you have me all to yourself. Matt, me and Elwood, putting the band back together. Ma'am, you gotta understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing. Would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking Matt here to do is a holy thing? You see, we're on a mission from God. See, here's how it goes. I was putting together the, the breaks to email over to Aaron so he could put together the show the way he does every week. Much appreciated, Aaron. But one of the breaks, the opening break, got lost in the ether, got corrupted. I don't know. It wasn't there. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So here I am all by myself. You know, I haven't done this in a long, long time. Lord works in mysterious ways. Yes, he does. Yep. Strike up the band, Sal. Oh, man, has it been hot out here, man. Triple digits and then some. We've been hitting like, I don't know, 107 to 109, 110 for almost a week straight. I know there's people out there that have been dealing it for two weeks straight, a month straight. Uh, okay, maybe, just maybe. There's something to your climate change thing. I'm not going to give in yet, though. I still say the earth just goes through cycles, but I don't know. That's an argument for another day, right? I'm not here to argue with people. Just trying to make fun, that's all. Hey, we're all just on this big rock spinning around along for the ride, so you might as well just strap on that seatbelt and hold on tight. You know what I mean? What are you going to do, right? All right, I'll get to it here. Today, our special guest, Pastor Glenn and Under the Blood from Ohio. Do you like yourself some Southern Rock, some 38 Special, some Skinner, some Molly Hatchet? You're going to love today's guest. This is Southern Rock at its best, man. Can't wait for you guys to check this out. Let me see what else we got going on. Well, Patrick and I later in the show we're gonna we're gonna talk go, about this craziness going on in California right now. You're gonna want to stick around for that because you're not gonna believe your ears. I, I promise you, you're just not gonna believe the craziness going on out here in the state. Sometimes the wish show is, in, I don't know, in Kentucky. Like Patrick or Tennessee, like Shipley. <laughs> I think Shipley's out in Tennessee, right? Maybe I'm wrong about that. Anyhow, Sal's out there in New York. I'm sure he's sweating his uh, <laughs> his hair off. What what's left of it? <laughs> I you know. 
We're going to shows too. I my hatred for Live Nation is unprecedented. I mean, I just cannot stand Live Nation. I, I think you're ripping off the fans and you're ripping off the bands for corporate profits. And that was never what the art was ever to be about. But uh, there are some shows that uh, I really wanted to see. And I said to my son, you know, prices of these shows are getting a little bit out of control because uh, I have never in my life put tickets to a concert on a payment plan. Sure, I did it with the Aftershock tickets, you know, but those are, those get pricey. That's four days, you know, it can get pricey. I get that. I'm talking like $40 tickets. <laughs> $40 tickets with, you know, like 60% in fees. Uh, you know, when you, when you buy, when you buy them for you and your friends and they're going to pay you back later and everything, uh, you buy three shows, man. Yeah, I mean the price adds up. You're pushing five, six hundred bucks. It's craziness. It's out of control. Go see these local bands. Stop, stop giving your money, just like I did. Okay, call me a hypocrite if you like, but I wanted to see some of these shows. But stop giving your money to Live Nation. Give your money to the independent bands. Give your money to the independent venues. Because I'm going to tell you, I've seen these crowds for, like, Taylor Swift. She doesn't need any of your money. She doesn't need any of it. But if you like the art and you want to keep these bands going, it is probably harder now for these bands to stay alive than it, is, than it was back before the age of streaming. And everybody had to go through a record company and all that. And, you know, the, we all know what the record companies did. They ripped those bands off, too. But... Uh, I'm just going to tell you, man, it's probably a lot harder now than it was then to stay alive. These bands go out and tour. A lot of the times they do it for free. Uh, a lot of times they just do it for exposure. And I can't say it enough. When you go out and you see a new band and you like them, uh, buy a T-shirt, man. Buy a CD, buy a sticker, buy what's ever at the merch table that you can afford if you want to support the band, you like that band, you want to support them, buy merch. You don't even know how much it helps these bands. All right, enough of my rant. I'm Dave Peril. This is the Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Rock on. Rock Salt Musecast Experience. With Aaron, Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine. On a mission from God. You guys rock. Rock Salt Musecast Experiences, er, Dave, Patrick, ADP, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. On, <laughs> ooh, yeah. on the line, we got Pastor Glenn from Under the Blood. Hey, guys. Hey, all the way from Ohio. Yeah. Down in the flatlands. Down in the flatlands from Ohio. <laughs> uh, which part of Ohio? Uh, just about an hour north of Columbus, so right in the middle of all the big cornfields. Oh, oh, cool. <laughs> hey, Patrick, is that the the bus Ohio or is that the column Ohio? How do you say what it? Are you what are you talking about? Well, you about? have these nicknames for all these different places: the Natty, the Nuga. 
So I'm asking, no, is, is Columbus no, the bus or what? No, it's it's just Columbus. Oh, <laughs> you don't don't steal from the Queen City and the Natty and the Nuga. Don't steal from those, David. All right, the bus. Oh, you better get on that. Get back on your bus. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, you're in a little band called Under the Blood, which when man when I listened, um, I love. It's a bluesy rock southern rock you don't hear a lot of southern style rock i mean patrick you're you're down in the south and and you got a little bit of a southern rock feel but uh this had more of a 38 special molly hatchet but harder type of feel to it and i loved it because there's not any of that coming out lately and um do, do you find that uh it's because of you know kind of being out in the south or is it uh because you have those influences in your in your musical uh, history, I, I I probably have to point just to the musical love that I've had in, in, in the past. You know, I, I spent most of my uh, most of my life in metal bands playing guitar, um, but you know, when I was a teenager into my twenties, we were huge fans of uh, Leonard Skinner and even a little bit of Hank Jr. Some stuff like that yeah but uh certainly molly hatchet you know i remember you used to play played that in a few cover bands but uh it's interesting because uh we never we never really tried to come up with this sound you know actually when we started trying to put this band together it was more of a we were going for more of a praise and worshipy kind of thing and we just started looking for musicians and uh heavier musicians ended up in the band and of course, our our drummer has a little bit of a '70s feel uh, to what he does, uh, and uh, I actually was just playing guitar. We looked for a singer for over a year and couldn't find a singer. And finally, I heard God saying, "You just need to buck up and do it." You know, I tried to be a singer when I was in my early 20s, and it didn't work out well. And it's uh, not exactly the position I wanted to be in because it's a very difficult uh, instrument to play. But uh, it worked out how it worked out. And the music just started getting heavier and more swampy. And, uh, you know, I've heard people call it Southern. Of course, we live about as north as you can get. Uh, so we use the term swampy, swampy, even though we don't live in a swamp. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I think it applies. Um you know, I kind of feel the same way, which is, or I was in the same position, which is I was never a, uh, I did my time in radio. I was never a, a talk show host or anything. I was always the second guy or the support guy. And I was quite happy in that position. Um, and it just happened that yeah, here we are, you know? And so, but there is some pressure that goes along with, with that role. And I don't think people realize when you're up there uh, being the solo singer or, you know, may, maybe you're playing guitar and singing, which I, uh, I think that's a talent in itself because I can't walk and chew gum. So yeah, amen. <laughs> do you feel that maybe God just led you? You said, you, you know, it was supposed to be a praise band it turned into this swampy rock band. Uh, you were looking for a singer, but now you're the singer. Do you feel that that God was just leading you this way, and you were kind of fighting it, or or how how do you feel that came about? 
Yeah, to be honest, I, I we spent several years with me and some other different musicians, particularly uh, Barry, my drummer, trying this or that, and we were always trying to force it into what we wanted, and it never worked. So when we reached to the point where we just said, okay, God, what do you want? It's kind of like what you have to do when you actually give your life to Christ. You know, you have to give up that self-will and just say, I'm here, Lord, what do you want? And we certainly felt that that was the way it, the way it happened. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the, the music that I did when I tried to be a singer back in my, my early 20s uh, was pretty terrible. Uh, terrible writer, terrible songwriter. And uh, we got to a point where we were just tired of waiting for a singer. And I said, well, I'll try it. We'll see what happens. So I sat down and opened my Bible, started reading, started praying. And by the end of the day, half the song. And they were like, that's all right. Let's try it again. So that's just how it rolled out. So how many guys in Under the Blood? Right now, there's only four. And when we when we first formed, we had this four. And before we even started playing shows, we added a fifth. Because I can play guitar. I played guitar forever. But like you... If you want me to sing and play at the same time, it's it's not going to happen, or at least not well. So I always love to be in a band, have two guitars. It just sounds really solid on stage. Nice. So we added another guitar player. And un- unfortunately, that, that second guitar position uh, has changed hands a few times. Uh, we've actually had three people in the band, and right now we have no one. So if anybody out there near Ohio wants to play some swampy rock and you like to play guitar, get a hold of us. Yeah. And we'll get to your socials and everything before you, you jump off the line with us. But uh, are you looking to, like, grow the band? And this is a half-serious, half-joking kind of question, but are you looking to grow the band to the uh, point where you got, like, 13 people on stage with you, like Leonard Skinner or the Allman <laughs> Brothers do? And I'm not knocking that. Yeah. They got a great sound. That Like, the Allman Brothers, they got, what, two drummers, I think, or had. And uh, uh, I've always thought, like, two drum kits on stage just enhanced the experience. I think we're fine with one drummer. Um, <laughs> but we, we, would, we would like that other guitar player because it's, it's very cool when we hit the spots where I'm not singing and all of a sudden you have three guitars. Right. You know, you can, you know live you can still have your rhythm guitar and you can have a dual dual lead going on harmony lead uh very cool and i know a lot of folks do that it's almost almost every band anymore uses tracks because particularly in the christian world because we just can't find people um but we're still resisting um until we have to but right now we uh in in the process of figuring out how to be able to do what we do with four people it's not going to be quite the same as we would like it, but it's working out. And yeah, we, we had more than one discussion about adding a few backup singers. Um, Especially when you, when you listen to those backup tracks on, uh, on the uh, Hold On. In the immortal oh, yeah. words of uh, Darth Vader, resistance is futile, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Was it, oh, that, that's not Darth Vader, is it? That's Star Trek, hey, bro. Resistance. That that's would be the Captain Borg. Park, yeah. 
Oh, I, I don't need, I don't I don't know anything about Star Trek, but I feel really super nerdy now. Well, go me. You know, uh, here, here's the way I've always looked at the two: Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is the fun nerd. Star Trek is the thinking nerd. Mm. <laughs> and I might look like I might look like the, the leader of a bike gang, but uh, I really am a nerd at uh, heart. Are you a uh, Are you a fun nerd or a thinking nerd? I'm a thinking nerd. I'm both. Okay. I like I like I like Star Wars, but I'm pretty <laughs> much addicted to Star Trek I, and I, Stargate. Okay, I didn't get into Stargate, but uh, we I actually went to see Star Wars Episode Four, and it was the uh, the original cut last night in the in the, one of the old theaters we have here in town, uh, where it was the original cut where Han shoots first and everybody cheered <laughs> because that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> And they're fun movies, but and I don't want to get off track. I just have a thought. Uh, they're fun movies, but if I want to get deep into something, I'll turn on Star Trek. Makes you think. I'm, I'm so sorry I opened this box. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know what? You know what happens on this show? Once you open that box, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard to close it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, yeah it's, I know. it's hard to close it. Yeah, you it, guys... It, you brought me on for what over two years now. Every Saturday, I should know these things. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> has it been two years, Aaron? I don't think so, but it's felt like two years. Maybe. It, no, yeah. man. You see, this this gray is because of you two. It's this gray. Like... Is gray like Aaron? Like my my angry ex girlfriend? Where are you at? When are you coming on today? <laughs> huh? Are you? Are you? Are you? I need to know what time. Oh uh, my gosh! Well, I was just gonna say it's uh. felt like five years, but that's okay. Back to Glenn yeah. and Under the Blood. Come yeah. on, come yeah. on. All right, Under now, the Blood. Now, no, no, I want to, Glenn. When I first heard your your music, I text Dave. I said they're kind of a mix between uh, Soundgarden, uh, Nickelback, and kind of the Christian artist Zach Williams. And and I just wanted to I wanted to catch Aaron before the uh, the interview and go. Please don't tell him he sounds like Soundgarden. He sounds nothing like Soundgarden. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Zach Williams, I'm definitely into. He's my man. Yeah, and, yeah. and how, what do you think of Crowder? I love Crowder. I think he's a very talented guy. But to be quite honest, I, I listen to his records, and there's usually two or three songs that really get me, and then the rest of them I'm lost. Dude, I'm the Especially same when gets way. Techno stuff. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm not, maybe not a for guy. maybe for different reasons you might like the worship stuff a little more than me i i like like i told you i like that southern rock type of feel and those, yeah. like run devil run is one of my favorite songs um yeah so that's but why, he, why i like zach williams more than some of the rest of the worship stuff uh, i'm just not like I, I i don't dig the electronica kind of sounding stuff you know if, if you're you know, watching us today on YouTube or listening to us on the podcast, um, and you don't listen to anything besides Christian music, I, I would, you know, just tell our audience, I think you sound like, you know, a, just a, a beefed up um, Zach Williams. You know, that guy has a great voice, so do you. Um, and he's got a real Southern sound to him. You know, a little swampy, as uh, as you say. Okay, so, <laughs> I, I, yeah. hey, uh, Glenn, I wanted to talk to you about, because uh, you're a preacher too, right? 
Yeah. All yeah, right. I'm actually the uh, associate pastor at the church, Shining Light Baptist Church, right here in Marion, Ohio. I want to talk to you a little bit about that, but uh, let's do a break here and check out Long Way Home. Play. 
Rock Salt Musicast Experience, and David Patrick. Lady P, mate. Mm-hmm. And our new friend Glenn from Under the Blood. How you doing, Glenn? Hey, hey that's Pastor Glenn. Pastor Glenn. My okay. apologies. I didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> PG if you like. What's that? But PG if you like. Oh, PG. I like that. PG. All right. Hey. PG. I'm going to call you PG now. So yeah. you're uh, you're the pastor of a church, and you mentioned the name. Mention the name again. Uh, Shining Light Baptist Church here in Marion, Ohio. Actually, associate pastor. We do have a uh, senior pastor as well, Gary Carr. Okay. And Does uh, he have a beard like you? A nice beard like you? you he know, does not. I, oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, is he clean cut? I'm, I'm betting clean cut. He's the antithesis of, sure. of your appearance. Yeah, we're pretty much the exact opposites, and it's a good example that uh, we're, we're all connected in Christ. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, I was having that uh, conversation with somebody the other day, is, and uh, we weren't talking about Jesus or our faith or anything like that. I just said, you know, we're we're all brothers. We're all cut from the same cloth. We're all brothers on this spinning Amen. rock. It's how you treat your brother yeah. that, you know. Um. How'd you get in the in the preaching biz? God pulls you there. Uh, again, I think anything that we do, when we actually try to insert ourselves into it, we just make a mess out of it. So if you just lead back and say, what do you, what do you want, Lord? And uh, to be honest, after I had a few not-so-great experiences in some churches with leadership in the church, um, I really didn't want anything to do with leadership. But if you're listening to God, you do what he wants, not what you want. I, I get this feeling sometimes for myself. You tell me if, if you get the same sort of feeling that, you know, God's pushing you in a certain direction with something and you're kind of going, uh, you know, for example, your band and, you know, singing and everything. Um, you're pushing in a certain direction and God's going, eh. I kind of got a plan for you over here. You know what? I'm just going to let you go do your thing for a little bit. Go enjoy yourself. But we're going to lead back here. Do you think it kind of happens like that? Yeah, and I think God always takes us out of our comfort zone. You know, there there's certain things that you have in your own mind that, that, you know, this is what I think God wants me to do. But actually, it's what I want me to do. That's what I'm used to. I fit well here. I already have the skills, the talents or whatever. And God says, uh, no, we're going to go over here. Yeah. We're going to stretch you a little bit. And it's, it's like when you look back in the Bible, of course, we always talk about Gideon. And there's more than a few examples where when they finally did what God wanted them to do, there was no, there was no doubt that it was God doing what was being done. It wasn't death. I think that's if we listen to what God wants and move that direction, number one, it, it causes a lot less grief in our life. <laughs> right. Well, he, he, may, he may allow us to do what we want, but as, as our senior pastor likes to say, um, I, I'm not fond of two by four therapy. And, and the guy occasionally God chastises those he loves when we go the wrong direction. That's the complete opposite. I feel like that I am just so fond of <clears throat> of two by four therapy that I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> apparently I can't get enough because I mean, been beaten bloody. Yeah. So can you let's do it again? Huh? 
Well, I'm a <laughs> I'm a fan of giving two by four therapy. I'm not a fan of <laughs> Given your rant before the show today, clearly you you, you had a whole woodmill oh, going yeah. on. Oh, you, you just I mean? you just watch out at that radio station. I am climbing the ladder and writing letters, man. Uh, now you're starting to sound like the Republican Party. I'm gonna give you a stern talk. I know you've done wrong, but you're getting a stern talking just, to. Hey, just call me Jim Jordan. I'll get all the facts out there, and then we'll do absolutely nothing with it. <laughs> Write a mean letter. <laughs> You know, you know, back to how did, how did I get led into to being uh, a pastor? You know, really, I, I just started following Christ. I started studying scripture. And it seemed like throughout, you know, those formative years in my, my walk with Christ, there were all these different people that recognized the plan God had for me, even if I didn't, uh, and spoke that into my life. And eventually... Uh, I figured out, yeah, that's that's what he wants me to do. I'm so, really, I'm really kind of curious. Um, when did you give your life to God? 2005. 2005. It, it, you know, we 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 have these. You know, a lot of people you ask, they're like, "Yeah, gave my life uh, this this date, this time, and this is this is how it happened." Um, but I have to look back at my life, and I see God all the way through it. You know, I, I think most of us start off with, um, you know, vacation Bible school, and God bless those people that are still doing that out there, because I think I, I remember loving Jesus in vacation Bible school, but I didn't really have an encounter with God until I was about 16. We were over at a friend's house, and uh, his father gathered up all of our little hippie coalition there and took us to church, and I... Uh, to be honest, I can't remember a, a thing that guy said, but I remember at the altar call at the end of that service, it was all I could do to hold myself down in the pew because I just felt God pulling me to the front of that church. But, you know, I was young. Um, I was I was the bad boy, and I wasn't going to walk down the, the aisle with, in front of all my little hippie buddies because we know Christianity makes you look weak, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, that's what they say. I was yeah, I was 16 years old, and uh, he still had the full I beard started, at 16. By the way, I, I, I kind of <laughs> figured. I kind of figured. Here's what I was gonna say, Glenn. I didn't have a beard, but I had a whole lot more hair. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just moved from here to here. Um, yeah, it migrated. Here, here's what's very interesting: was I was gonna guess age 17, so I was pretty close. No. Well, that was the first call, but like I was going to say, I, I flirted with God a little bit throughout my 20s and probably said the sinner's prayer five, six times, but I did not really give my life to Christ until I was in my 30s. Um, you know, I, I was playing that, that wannabe rock star, uh, drinking, cussing, smoking, getting high, all the things that we do. Um and there was always a piece of that that I was wanting to hold on to or not willing to give up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, you know, I, we talked about uh, bands. I, I had reached a point in the secular bands um, where I was never going to be in a band again. I was just, just done with it. Too much work, too much hassle, uh, too much drama, all of those things. And I started a little recording studio out of my house. And I ran that for a few years. And then God sent an old friend who was in a kind of a pseudo-Christian band. 
and he did a three song demo and then a couple months later he came back with a full-on christian band they did another three song demo and then he sent another christian band that did a whole album and another christian band that did a whole album and then he came back and did a whole album so god had me spending my my days and nights with christians for about a year and a half and by the time somebody actually invited me to church god had me so convicted that i was i was ready to break to to put it metaphorically here let me paint a picture it's like you're floating along on the river you know just chilling having a good time popping your beer and you're hanging out right and uh, then you get to a part of the river where it's uh, it's kind of calm. You're having a good time. You're like, this is the life I want to live. And then God comes down and goes, oh, no, you're going under. <laughs> is that what you <laughs> I mean, really, isn't you know, that I, what it would be? I, yeah, I remember, I remember a time in my life when I, I lived uh, in a trailer park and a, and a pastor moved in next door. And he would come over and preach to me every time I walked out the door. Literally, we got to the point where we would look out all the windows to make sure he wasn't around before we jetted out to get in our car. <laughs> but that's what Patrick's neighbors do, you know. <laughs> but we got, you know, we got to this point where, you know, I was, I was that whole year and a half or whatever it was where I was around all these Christians. Not a one of them ever preached to me. But I felt just as convicted being around them as I did someone preaching the word to me. Uh, so God had his plan. It just took me a while to, to catch on and give up. Well, you know, it's kind of like uh, if if I can indulge for just a couple of minutes, it's kind of like my story, which is I was uh, into radio at a very early age. I mean, I remember uh, touring a radio station at uh, in second grade and I wanted to be a DJ back then. Uh, and then, you know, I got into stations that I never thought I'd get into. I met people I never thought I would meet. I never became, you know, the, the biggest radio DJ ever or anything like that. But people do remember me here and there, and that's nice. Um, but all along, and, and I went to Christian school, I was immersed in the church. Uh, same sort of thing, poor leadership. And uh, I got accused of some things I didn't do, and... I was like, screw this, I'm out of here. And uh, 20s and 30s, uh, you know, I was, I had those things instilled in me. I grew up that way. So, you know, the ethics were there, the morals were there, but uh, I had no interest in being a part of this church or religion or Christianity or anything, okay? Um. But as as things start to, you know, come together, well, here I am doing this podcast. I uh, always wanted to have a home studio. I see you got a nice board behind you there. Um, technology has made it so I can afford that now. And when I say I always, ever since one of my friends, I went to his house and he had a home studio, and this was in the 80s. And I was like, oh, that's what I want. Um, yeah. So... I, I think a lot of it is just little, you know, little Reese's Pieces for E.T. along the way. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Does that make sense, Patrick? Good. You need to just go ahead and phone home, Dave. 
<laughs> you know, I, as we always say, God plants a, uses somebody to plant a seed uh, in our life, and then along the way, different people water it. It's just hopefully one day it sprouts. You're, you're welcome to use my ET reference in any sermon that you do. <laughs> I, I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach that in August. Come, uh, come the uh, popcorn fest. No, that's in September, but mm-hmm. I'll do it in August and broke I, all month of August, every show we have. And then I'm just, I'm going to get an ET. I'm going to ride on stage on a bicycle with a basket. <laughs> and Glenn, Glenn's going to be in the basket covered up. I, honestly, I think Glenn should ride you out on a motorcycle in a basket. <laughs> it, it puts the Patrick in the basket. It the uh, reminds me of a band back in our secular days. We used to play uh, at the Al Rosa Villa there in Columbus. And uh, this band would come out with these big tricycles riding all around the place. And then they would go up on stage and play. They had a lot of gimmicks. It was hilarious. The music was terrible, but the gimmick was cool. And now, so from now from now on, Glenn, when we play together, we gotta we gotta get together beforehand and do a gimmick, some just weird outlandish gimmick. You know, you can you be think the Borg. Uh, we'll figure it out. You you'll be the Borg. I'll be the Jedi. We'll have a, a crossover <laughs> match there. Um, we got ET going on. I mean, yeah, this we'll is get, we'll... this is so unheard of for you, Patrick. What's that? Co- <laughs> costumes? Yeah. Weirdness? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely hey, unheard of. Hey guys, I have a scheduling conflict. Why don't, why don't we take a break here? We're gonna play another uh, "Under the Blood" song, and then you guys can come back and do the last break and talk more about uh, the music. All right, sounds and good. So we'll we'll be right back after this song.
newscast experience with Aaron, Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine on a mission from God. Rock salt newscast experience. Aaron and Patrick. No, David and Patrick. I forgot my name. Daggone it, Dave. <laughs> Daggone it, Dave. <laughs> Aaron just, bailed on us. You just don't want to know. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, Aaron uh, had a had a thing he had to go to. So a prior uh, engagement. Let's sound fancy. He had a prior okay. engagement. A prior engagement. Um, and uh, but I wanted to talk to you about, about you playing live. Now you're doing live shows, right? Well, we haven't done a live show in, in quite a while, but we, like I said, we're working up uh, the show right now, minus the other guitar player, uh, and we'll be ready soon. We're actually playing the 29th of this month uh, down Botkins, Ohio, I believe with Patrick. Are you on that show? The Jamming for Jesus? No, we were not invited to that one. No. Uh, I'm, what, I'm what you might call abrasive, Glenn, and so I, I've... Uh, <laughs> I've I've rubbed a few people the wrong have way. Have you abrased someone? <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's a handful of people that I have abrased in the last uh, eight months. You know what's you know what's uh, funny, Glenn, is you're not the first to get that reaction where they go. I, I think I'm playing with Patrick, and he perks up and goes, "I wasn't invited." <laughs> nah, nah, nope, <laughs> didn't get the old invite. That's okay, um, but I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. I, I yeah. Totally... Well, yeah, we're we're going to be playing that that show, and then we have uh, we have one here in town uh, called Praise Fest, and of course we have uh, the Popcorn Festival coming up. That's a rather strange uh, strange place to play, but uh, it uh, it's one of the biggest street festivals in in the nation. Like two hundred and fifty thousand people come every really? year over three days, but it. Uh, it is way not a Christian festival. It is a very secular festival, and they have like five or six stages, and they are actually adding a new stage this year and giving me that stage. So we will be bringing Jesus up in there all three days. The PG now, stage. I did, get, I did get invited to that one, though, by the way. So, yeah. Are you on that one, We're Patrick? still working on it. Yeah, and I just want to point out to whoever's listening, if you ever um, – if you're out there and you're playing live music and then Glenn's like, um, why don't you open for us? Go ahead and um, turn that one down because, <laughs> because you, you don't, you don't open for under the blood. I mean, cause the, you may, you better be bringing your a game, your B game and your C game for your set before you try to either go before or follow these guys. It's you better be, you better be on point. Cause I, I've watched Glenn. We played, we played together um, quite a few times really. And their stage show and what they do is phenomenal. So, don't make me blush, Patrick. Um, I, I can see I can see the jolly redness going on there, Saint Nick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I, that was going to be one of my questions, which is, uh, what, what is a live performance of Under the Blood like? Well, you know, we when I started writing these songs. Um, the whole point of, of what we do as a band is not, not to make a living at it, not to, um, to be famous or, or any of that stuff. It is simply to bring people to Jesus and that's it. So, um, even from the, the writing of the songs, uh, almost every, every song that we have is based out of trying to overcome whatever it is people 
allow to stand between them and Jesus. You know, there's always an excuse. There's always a reason. There's always something that will try to hold people back. And we use our music to try to break down those walls so that they can come to Jesus. And the show is the same thing. And more or less, we try to, you know, we don't do a show where we play six or seven songs and then stop for half an hour to preach and then play some more songs. We play every song and I explain to the folks, what what is this song about? And my testimony, because <laughs> to, be, to be honest, most of the songs are out of my testimony, the things that kept me from Jesus or, you know, some of the folks in the, other, uh, in the band. And we try to make sure that we um, let them know what the message is and, and do our best to give them the opportunity to come to Christ. Because, you know, you guys know as well as I do, whatever, whatever all those things were that kept you away from Jesus for 10, 20, 30 years even, um, none of them were worth it. And once you gave it up and gave your life to Christ, you realize they're all worthless, all those things and all those reasons that keep you from Christ. So that's what the show is all about. Um, we certainly aren't, aren't the greatest musicians in the world, but we try to we probably put it on a show that's professional enough that people will listen. You know, that I don't know if you've seen, you've probably seen shows where, you know, all the, the non-believers in the crowd is, you know, it's just another crappy Christian band or another copy of this band. Um, we just try to be, try to be good enough that we sound professional and it's a little different than what you're used to hearing. So at least we get enough respect that they'll listen to what we say. And hopefully God will use it to change a heart. And I just want to point out that you do, you accomplish all that in your stage show. Um, but I also want to point out to just, I mean, I'm not bragging uh, by, by any stretch, but uh, we've already accomplished those first two goals that you said. We're not doing it for fame or money because <laughs> we, we, we haven't reached those levels either. <laughs> so yeah, we're there. You know, there. I want to uh, I do want to address you is, you know, like you said, uh, these non-believers going out. Oh, it's just another crappy Christian band. Uh, um, two things is I a while back, I, I posted in a uh, uh, there's a secular rock festival that goes on. It's pretty big. It's called Aftershock. It's here in Sacramento and it goes three or four days. And uh at one time, just because I love the video, I love the energy, and I love the song, I posted the video of Disciples Rise in the group. And I went, is a Christian band? No apologies, Christian band. You know they are. Um, would they have a spot on Aftershock? Would you guys go see this? And the comment after comment after comment is, as long as they're good, that's all we care about. We'll go see. That's a good band. We'll go see them. And uh, I think that with the record companies being pushed aside now and everybody has a little more freedom as far as the material they put out and the material that they're turned on to, um, I think you're seeing that wall kind of brought down a little. Do you agree? Yeah, I think I think exactly what you were talking about, the music to start with. Um where he said you would just go for the sound that we have. But, you know, if we were dealing with, um, if we were dealing with record companies, they would probably ship us out the door. 
Yeah. Because we're not, we don't, we don't have that commercial sound that everybody has. Um, and that's not what we're going for. But again, like I said, when we started um, writing songs and doing this, we just opened ourselves up to God and said, whatever comes out, comes out. We're not going to try to force anything. And this is what came out. Yeah. I, I, uh, I agree with you. So you're doing the popcorn festival, which I'm not even joking. I love popcorn and that sounds exciting to me. I wish I was out there. I'd like to go. <laughs> um, when is that? September 7th, 8th and 9th. And we're still, we're still booking bands. You know, we're, we're booking some, a lot of some local bands, hopefully. Um, but we're booking some other bands like, uh, Patrick's band three days under we have, uh, Chaotic Resemblance is playing, and we've been trying to, to book a few other touring bands uh, to go along with some of the locals. Uh, we actually do have uh, was it three rap groups now, uh, Daymac, uh, Big Rev, Word Rat. Uh, they're going to be on the bill with us, but we're still working on a few touring bands. It's, it's really tough because, like I said, our mission isn't about money at all. Uh, and quite frankly, I started this production company, Bold Word Productions, just so we could put concerts on without charging anything. Um, because people don't want to pay $15 a ticket for something they don't even know what it's going to be. Exactly. We're going to, if we want to bring people in to hear Christ and hear the word, then we need to, to give it for free. And, um, you know, with a lot of these touring bands, I understand they're making their living off of this. So. It's harder to get that in, but, you know, you got to love the chaotic resemblance guys. You know, they're, I'm like, you know, I can't guarantee you what I can pay you. And they're like, all right, we'll yeah. be there. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. Uh, I do want to throw out just, uh, you know, uh, maybe this will help you out. Maybe you check this guy out. True lyric. He's out here in Northern California. He's a rapper. He does uh, tiptoe in the, in the rock emo realm. A little bit, not much, um, but uh, I I think he would uh, be more than happy if if you know everything aligned that he could make it out there. I'll, I'll uh, kick you his information off the off the air, and and if you want, you can check it out. Uh, uh, now your church, give it one more plug here because I want people to know about your church. Dining Light Baptist Church, Marion, Ohio. Okay. 294 Mount Vernon Avenue. There you go. <laughs> I got to memorize. And yeah, well, that's a good thing because uh, you go there every Sunday, right? <laughs> um, well, it's kind of hard to miss. You know, it's right downtown, Marion. It's this huge stone building. It used to be like a Christian science library um, <laughs> built back in the 30s, and we've turned it into a Baptist church. So it's, it's kind of hard to miss, although I think half the people in Marion think it's a mausoleum by the architecture, but <laughs> we're praising Jesus up in there. All right. And uh, do you guys have a Facebook page or socials or anything if, if somebody wants to reach out to you? Yeah, Under uh, under the Blood and Bold Word Productions, are, both are on Facebook. We're not big on the social media. Maybe we need to, to change that, get into the Twitter and all that other stuff. But at the moment, it's Facebook. If you search for Under the Blood, I'm sure you'll find it. Facebook really like the phone book of social media. I mean, it it really hasn't gone away. I mean, everything is still there. So, uh, fantastic, man. Well, 
thank you for coming on. I love these songs. I can't wait to hear more. And, and uh, uh, definitely come back again. Yeah, definitely will. Uh, we'll get this record done. I'll let you guys know and, and get you a copy over there. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. Hey, thanks a lot, Pastor Glenn. PG! Thank you.
Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron, Dave, Patrick, and Jermaine on a mission from God. Rock Salt Musecast Experience, Dave and Patrick. What's going on, my fellow listeners? <laughs> <laughs> is that your uh, is that your intelligent nerd? Absolutely, sir. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into this one. <laughs> oh man, hey, um, did now. I, I really am interested. I, I find it fascinating as uh, time goes on that the cracks in the media start to show. And as I talk to my liberal friends, they go, wait a minute, I've never heard that before. And I go, well, you should go look, look at this story. And they do the same thing with me. I go, wait a right. minute, I never heard that before. Where You got a story to back that one up with? Come on. And uh, a lot of the times they do. They come back with something, and I go, "Wow, I'm going to have to do more research on that." So I blame the media for that stuff, and I'm I'm very um, uh, I'm very against corporate media. Absolutely. Okay, I believe there are a lot of great journalists out there that are going out and digging up some dirt, and that's what they need to do. That is their job. Corporate media, um, their job is to gain ratings and sponsors that's all they and care regurgitate about. the propaganda that they're told to regurgitate exactly so um i i'm very interested in finding out what you know about this california sb14 bill have you heard of uh, this thing better known as the diaper sniper bill yeah I know, i've heard of that thing yeah what's yeah. uh what is uh what is the media out in uh kentucky said about this I don't watch mainstream media here, so I don't. I don't have a clue what they're saying. I don't. Okay. I, don't I don't follow that crap for the reasons we just discussed. Right. Okay. So, so beyond me telling you, had you heard anything about it? Yeah, through Twitter and stuff like that. I'd read. I'd read some news articles and things like that. So, okay. So, yeah. um, what I'm talking about, SB 14. I don't know the name of the bill beyond SB 14, but uh, being here in Sacramento, we do hear an awful lot about what kind of laws are being passed in California. And all you got to do is pay attention, but most people don't, and that's what they count on. SB 14 was a bill introduced by a Republican here in California. Yes, we do have a few. And it would have strengthened, lengthened, uh, made it more difficult to get out of jail if you are a child sex trafficker. And um, the, <laughs> the Democrats... They all voted against it. All of them. Not just Take a couple of business. them. Yeah, not just a couple of them. All of them. Um, now, how do you not slap your name on this thing? I do say this. I know it happens all the time, and usually I'll go read the bill itself. Usually there's something in there that they slip in that makes everybody go, eh, no, we're not going to do that. This isn't one of those, though. This is pretty cut and dry. They want to make harsher penalties for people who traffic children for sex in California. And it happens a lot. Okay, it's a problem out here. Like everything else, it's a problem out here. Because we have leadership that doesn't enforce the laws. And we have leadership that doesn't care. So, um... These these Democrats, they quickly voted against it. 
to the point that Gavin Newsom, who eh, we all know this dude's going to run for president. Um, you better, you better stay on the porch. Yeah. Well, he um, he said that. Uh, well, what does that mean? He better just keep his hat out of the ring. He's just wasting money at this point. Oh, okay. Stay, stay on the porch, Gavin. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I clarified. Um, so, but he wants to be president. That's that's been no secret. He wants to be president, and uh, it, it's kind of tough to be president when you're slapped with the label of someone who supports child sex trafficking. Somebody who's a diaper sniper. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so he quickly went, ah, wait, this is a problem. He did it publicly. He he said, uh, um, I'm going to go back and talk to these people and find out what's up. And they forced another vote. Like that day they forced another vote and everybody suddenly voted for it, except two Democrats one of the Democrats being our attorney general's wife, uh, Mrs. Rob Bonta. I, I can't remember her first name. And that told me everything I needed to know. That well, while they passed it for political reasons, they got zero intention of enforcing it. Well, I mean, let, let's play dev- devil's advocate here. What if nobody just read the bill and they were like, it's a Republican bill. We'll just all veto it because it's Republican. And we just, we didn't, we never read it. But then they, oh, my bad. Here, I should have read this. I got an idea. I'll be the Democrat voting on the bill. You be Governor Governor Newsom finding out that we all voted against it. Okay? Okay. Okay, let's try this. Give me me a call. Call, You call me up and. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. 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 Yeah. Hey, hey, this this is Rad Gavin here. Um, trying to figure out why you guys all um, 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 voted against this bill. How am I going to ever take the presidency if they find out that I'm a pedophile? Well, I mean, uh, sir, nobody's going to think that of you. Uh, but we were, uh, I, I thought the, 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 the plan, sir, was that uh, if a Republican is for it, we're against it. That was the plan until it started affecting my candidacy. Well, how am I supposed to know that? You're supposed to think with your noodle, not with your other noodle. Well, you hey, you gave the guidelines. No, I may have set the guidelines, but I expect some 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 kind of some kind of self starters. That's why you're in your chair. This is how I feel this this these phone calls went. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Everybody's all red faced and, and hair on fire. <laughs> and and you got these Democrats going, Well, I did what you told me to do. <laughs> I don't understand what to do with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um uh yeah it forced a vote they voted for it it passed uh with the exception of uh the attorney general's wife and like i said that just tells me that they they okay it passed but they got zero intention of enforcing it it's They're, like uh like in the rocky movie it was like i'll sue sue me for what like, yeah. what, are you, what are you gonna do? Take my birthday? We're not enforcing this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, look, if the attorney general's wife won't vote for it, I think it speaks volumes. Now, um, by the way, by the way, I'm gonna tell you why I'm doing this, why I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say, which is uh since 
2015 or so, I have been called deplorable. I have been called a Nazi. I have been called everything in the book by Democrats, idiot Democrats who hated Trump. I'll go on the record. You know it. I am not a Trump supporter right now. Uh, I think he's bad for the party. You feel differently, and that's okay. The uh, So, all that said is how, if the reason they didn't, the reason they said they didn't vote for it was because it would enhance and lengthen the jail sentences for people caught child sex trafficking. They should all be taken out back and shot anyway. So how I do mean- you, how do you not, how do you not get behind this? Okay. Secondly, this one really upset me too. Um, they said, well, the law disproportionately affects, affects people of color. And I went, did you just insinuate that people of color are more likely to traffic children? Is that what you just said? I'm completely sounds, offended. It sounds to me like that's what they said, David. Thank you. So, um, uh, you know what? People of color, I'm on your side. I hate to, I, I, you know me, Patrick. I think racism is racism is racism, and I think you are a total idiot if you base your judgments on the melanin, mel, melatonin, mel, the color of someone's skin. Sure, we'll use those fancy words. Yeah, it it's stupid. It's just stupid. Anyhow, um, so we're talking about low-level IQ politicians because they are racists, and that that puts them in that category. And then I I think I get the freedom to say that apparently the Bontas are okay with child sex trafficking. Since I mean, they, it sounds like it. Since they refuse to vote, right? Yeah, I mean. Somebody's got a few few visits to Epstein Island they need to account oh, for. Oh, maybe that's the case. I don't know. Yeah, man. I don't know. I so, bet Red, Rad Gavin's name is on that manifesto. What, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it, along with Uncle Paul. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it one bit. Um, this is the Democrat Party lately. This is it, man. They are, they are calling the uh, Sound of Freedom movie, which is becoming like a blockbuster right yeah i've noticed everything that they try to poo poo it just it blows up it, yeah it becomes... what's, and what's that about you know um they're they're uh they're calling i've heard the media reports there this one i i found this one so funny because uh how long they still continue but how long have they called us conspiracy theorists but all of our conspiracy theories have come true yep yeah um Yet, we're not allowed to call them conspiracy theories, and I've got a conspiracy theory from the left for you right here. I don't know, I don't know which uh, news organization it was. I was listening on a podcast, but they played a clip of uh, CNN or MSNBC or one of those you know, shows, uh, and the reporter was saying that it was a QAnon film and it was secretly sending messages to the QAnon groups <laughs> to rally the troops. <laughs> Tell me that's not a conspiracy theory beyond conspiracy theory. 
I tell you what, at least our conspiracy conspiracy theory, barring the lizard people, I mean, they they have, they're, there's something. You know what I'm saying? There's something to them, and they come true. Yeah, and not uh, being brainwashed in a movie theater, right? And uh, um, I'm sorry, I'll say it right here because I'm 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 saucy today. Um, if you believe this QAnon conspiracy theory about the Sound of Freedom movie, you're an idiot. You're a flat-out idiot. It's sending messages into my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Everything they don't like is QAnon or Nazi or, uh, 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 you know, uh, why is the sky blue? Oh, must be those darn Nazis. Tag on Q. They said, he said the... He said, he sent the light to reflect <laughs> off the ocean to make the sky blue. <laughs> really? I mean, they're absolute garbage nonsense. And if you believe that, and people do, you're just beyond stupid. I mean, like Forrest Gump's smarter than you. Well, dude, I mean, the people that are believing this are also believe, are the people who believe that Biden got 81 million votes. Hey, I got a, I got an interesting theory, and it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just an interesting theory about that. Um. I was, I was, and I'm going to wrap this up in very shortly. Thank the, you, uh, what? Nothing. Uh, okay. The, uh, I, I was reading an article about the, uh, the Bud Light thing going on and, uh, how the CEO is now blaming, uh, the people who won't buy Bud Light for the layoffs, the impending layoffs that are coming. And uh, he was like, you know, essentially saying, I'm not quoting, essentially saying, well, it's not my fault. You are the guys that won't buy the Bud Light. You're the people that are going to make these other people not feed their families. <laughs> no, no, I didn't put a tranny in there promoting my product. So Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, I'm not the one who made the business decision. I don't even drink your beer. I don't right? drink beer. I don't like the taste. So... Uh, <laughs> I didn't do anything, um, but I'm sorry. Should I go out and buy cases of this stuff just so people can stay employed? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, nope. So, uh, nope. yeah, so it's not my fault, but I did say this because I, I typically get my Bud Light news stories from Newsweek just because they're thorough about it. And, right. and uh, every single Newsweek article either starts out or is in there by the third paragraph conservative right-wing backlash conservative right-wing boycott conservative right-wing and i went wait let's look up some numbers real fast because i and i didn't know the answer and so i looked up how many registered voters democrat voters are in america and it was 49 million and i went how many registered Republican voters in America, and the number's 38 million. And so my response to your conservative backlash is, well, um, if it's such a conservative backlash, why isn't the 11 extra million people buying it up? Because numbers don't matter. Mm, yeah. See, these are facts and truths that they don't want to argue, and if you bring it to their doorstep, they just close the door in your face. Because they can't yep. answer the the facts, so uh, I, maybe I'll go on another letter, letter writing campaign. But um, it, at the same time, didn't Joe Biden? Then they tell us he got eighty million votes. Yeah. All right. So if every single registered Democrat and every single 
registered Republican voted. What's that number? 49 and 38 is uh, about 87 million. Right. So I don't know. The numbers don't add up for me. They haven't for the last three years. Mm, It's very interesting. So. Yeah. All right. Enough of my conspiracy theories. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun. It's, It's been great. I don't know if it's been fun. It's been something. <laughs> it's been something. All right. And what do we say? Get on out of here. Mm, get on, get. Go on, get. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat. No. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. He taught me how to praise my God and still play rock and roll. The music may sound different, but the message is the same. It's just an instrument to praise his name. Yeah. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus.